The Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. On one occasion, when Jesus was going to the house of a leader of the Pharisees to eat a meal on the Sabbath, they were watching him closely. When he noticed how the guests chose the places of honor, he told them a parable. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not sit down at the place of honor in case someone more distinguished than you has been invited by your host. And the host who invited both of you may come and say to you, give this person your place. And then in disgrace, you would start to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit down at the lowest place so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. He said also to the one who had invited him, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors in case they may invite you in return and you would be repaid. But when you give a banquet, Invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed, because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Let us pray. Holy God, open our hearts and minds to receive your word. Abre nuestras mentes y corazones para recibir tu palabra. Amen. Había una vez una pareja en la que el marido, el marido no era fiel. La esposa le suplicaba y le rogaba que cambiara su comportamiento. Pero el comportamiento del esposo solo empeoró, empeoró. Entonces, un día, el hombre le dijo a su marido, a la esposa, que haría ir a un viaje a Florida con una amiga y que regresaría en unos días. La esposa intentó algo diferente. Investigó destinos románticos y luego le surgió a su esposo un itinerario para él y su amiga. Inmediatamente, el esposo canceló el viaje y se quedó en casa. El punto es que el poder importa, pero ¿cómo lo obtenemos? Muchas veces no entendemos bien. Algunas personas piensan que Jesús y sus seguidoras no quieren ni tienen poder. Pero de hecho, hoy Jesús enseña formas de subvertir los esquemas de poder convencionales y construir poder para nuestra propia sobrevivir y bienestar mutuo. 
Las dificultades en tu vida no son un castigo divino que mereces y debes soportar. Depende de ti resolver tus problemas. Jesús enseña que el poder se acerque a través de la comunión. No se arrodillen a los pies de un rey y de aquellos que tienen poder oficial. No, sino levántense junto a aquellos los de abajo que son ignorados. Eso es lo que hizo Jesús. Jesús vivió esto comenzando su ministerio entre la base del pirámide social y finalmente siendo coronado rey por Pilato. Los que tienen el poder oficial se benefician cuando nosotros clamamos por ser alto. Pero si te sientas con los humildes y el anfitrión te llama, te dan más poder. Leemos en Hebreos 13 que la iglesia debe respetar el matrimonio y la familia. Esto no es enseñanza de ser puros, sino que necesitamos uno al otro para sobrevivir. Finalmente, se promete una gran bendición a aquellos que adoran a Dios y pronuncian el santo nombre de Dios, que le dijo Dios a Moisés que se llamaba. ¿Cuál es el nombre de Dios? Yo soy. Habla este nombre y sea bendecida. Amén. Well, once upon a time, there was a couple. And in this couple, the husband was not faithful. The wife would plead and beg him to change his behavior. She would try to get tough and demand that he change his behavior. But his behavior only got worse. Then one day, he told his wife that he'd be taking a little weekend trip to Florida with his friend, and that he would be back in a few days. So the wife tried something different. She researched romantic destinations and then gave her husband a suggested itinerary for him and his friend. He immediately canceled his trip and stayed home. The point being that power matters. The question is, how do we get power? And some of you are looking at me saying, gee, pastor, how do you know about this situation? Ha, ha, ha. It's a classic from theologian Edwin Friedman, not from my own life. Some people think that Jesus and his followers don't want power. But in fact, today Jesus teaches ways to build power for our own survival and mutual well-being. The problem is works righteousness. The devil tricks you into thinking that you have to keep working all the time to earn your power. By doing this, the devil takes away your power and your freedom to live happy. Like the unfaithful husband in the story, the devil torments us for the sadistic pleasure of watching us suffer. The truth is that we're saved by grace through faith and not by works. The hardship in your life is not a divine punishment that you deserve and that you must endure. God doesn't do that. God forgives sins. 
What you do with your life and how you deal with hardship depends on you. That is what faith is. Power is something we all need to be able to do anything, especially solve problems. Jesus teaches that power is exercised through fellowship. In fellowship, we intentionally reach out to other people struggling to find common ground. And let me tell you, there's way more common ground than we realize. The key is to recognize that true power comes not from scrambling or groveling at the feet of a king or those with official power, but standing up alongside with those whose society has disregarded, shunned, or cast aside. That's what Jesus did. Power comes from the bottom. Jesus said that all who humble themselves will be exalted and all who exalt themselves will be humbled. Jesus also said that when you give a party, don't just invite people who can pay you back, but invite people who may never be able to pay you back. We forget how shrewd and tactical Jesus could be. This isn't just a lesson on social graces. It's a formula for building power. Jesus lived this out, beginning his ministry at the bottom of the social pyramid, slowly building followers until the king invited him to come into his palace and crowned him king. Proverbs 15 teaches that don't go to the presence of a king to win their support. Rather, build a movement of people who are bound together in fellowship so that the king is forced to say, come up here and talk to me because they can no longer disregard the power brewing at their feet. Those with official power benefit when we clamor to be the top dog. When we do that, we consent to the hierarchy of social control. If we all scramble for the best seat, then the host or king could shame us in front of everyone, reestablishing their own power. But if we sit with the lowly and the host calls us up, they recognize where true power comes from. That's why we read in Hebrews 13 the importance of hospitality, the importance of caring for those who are in prison, those who are at the bottom, the importance of caring for the sanctity of marriage. Hebrews isn't giving us a purity code that we must do, but rather showing us that our survival, our well-being depends on respecting our bonds of fidelity and friendship. We can't survive unless we or improve our lot unless we care for and respect each other in the present moment. Leaders are not to be worshipped or regard, but rather regarded with sobriety. We should learn from their successes and avoid their mistakes. Finally, a great blessing is promised to all those who worship God and speak God's holy name. What is God's holy name? What did God tell Moses the name was at the burning of the bush on Mount Sinai? God said, my name is I Am. Speak the name of God and be blessed. Amen. We sing our hymn of the day, Behold How Pleasant. Please stand as you're able.